0: Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hugan, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Yesterday, we began looking at the wisdom of God. And Recently, I was teaching through the New City Catechism in our Sunday School Hour, and we were addressing the question, who is God? Now, the answer in the New City Catechism is this, that God is the creator and sustainer of everyone and everything. He is eternal, infinite, and unchangeable in His power and perfection, goodness and glory, wisdom, justice, and truth. Nothing happens except through Him and by His will. Now, after... Uh, Some initial teaching, I asked the class what some of those attributes meant. And these are common enough words, goodness, wisdom, power, words that we use frequently to describe who God is. But oftentimes what happens is when we're pressed for a definition, Christians often struggle even with very, very familiar words. So what is God's wisdom? Well, God's wisdom is simply his omniscience applied. In other words, being all wise means that God always chooses the highest ends and the best means to achieve those ends. So yesterday we ended up by talking about God's wisdom being applied to creation. Today, let's consider how God's wisdom is seen in providence. How do we see God's wisdom in providence, brothers? Maybe define what providence is first.
1: Uh, providence. Providence is the doctrine of God's involvement in the world and in the daily affairs of our our life, um, the Westminster Shorter Catechism asked that question, what are God's works of providence? God's works of providence are his most holy, wise, and powerful preserving and governing of all his creation in their actions. Mm. Um, so by definition, um, God creates things. He sustains everything by his providence. He takes care of it. Mm. God's
2: wisdom in providence—you um, could even just break it down into some of what we would refer to as the common or simple Bible stories. The life of Joseph. You think of God's wisdom in how He um, rescued and redeemed and 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 kept His whole people through a series of what we would say were unlikely and unfortunate events in the life of Joseph, um, God was behind the scenes, unbeknownst to all of the rest of the family, getting Joseph exactly where he needed to be in order to um, be able to be in a position of authority within Egypt to provide the the care and support and food and and. Rescue that was necessary for that family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just one example out of the whole breadth of the Word of mm-hmm. God that teaches how God not only
3: created all things, but sustains it. Mm-hmm. And, and remember at the, the end of that narrative what Joseph famously said to his brothers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are confronted with him and, and now now a prince of Egypt. and And, and they they think the axe is about to fall, and he says to them, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. That, and that God in, in his providence and wisdom, uh, as you're saying, Russ, uh, put all these events together to get him in the right place at the right time.
1: Right, and, and just previous to that, when he was talking to uh, his brothers in Genesis 45, he said, God sent me before you to preserve life. So now it was not you who sent me here, but it was God. Um and, uh, you know, God—you know, one of the things that—the thing that when we talk about providence, we have to be aware of, we're we're contradicting two errors out there, which the one belief that things happen by chance and the other that um, things happen by blind fate. Uh, we're saying that— um, you know, as in Colossians 1 16, 17 says, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He's before all things and in him all things consist and so uh, J.I. Packer would say God's providence is the unceasing activity of the creator whereby in the overflowing bounty and his goodwill he upholds his creatures in ordered existence guides and governs all events circumstance and the free acts of men
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
3: well isn't, isn't the, the ultimate the ultimate display of, of God's providence and wisdom um, and using what seemed to be events out of control. It, the ultimate display of God's wisdom and providence is the cross of Christ. Mm-hmm. That what seemed to be, you know, if we were looking at it from, a we, if we were reading the gospel story from a purely human perspective and we see Jesus go into Jerusalem and be rejected by his friends and go through a, Kangaroo court of a trial and, and end up on a cross. We would say the whole thing has come off the rails.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: God, God's work in the world has come to nothing. Uh, this is a complete disaster. But no, as Paul says in First Corinthians one, you know, God has made foolish the wisdom of the wise because the the wisdom of this world could not reach God uh, by the foolishness of the cross. God has God has saved. Um, God, God took what looked like weakness and defeat and in, in the, the wisdom and providence of God, uh, God has worked this to make, to work his ultimate victory, yeah. mm-hmm. his, his greatest victory of all, the defeat of sin and death and hell mm-hmm. and, and the
0: gift of new life. You know, there was a, um, a letter that John Newton wrote called The Advantages of Remaining Sin. <clears throat> very good letter if you haven't read it i'd I'd suggest reading it because this touches on providence i think if you're a christian long enough you, you start getting more and more uncomfortable with your sin and you're like god why did you order things this way you know why you know why not just you know you save me you bring me up to heaven or you save me and you instantly sanctify me what's this long drawn out process of sin i i loathe it god and one of the things that Newton draws out in this letter, and this, by the way, this has to do with God's providence. God, in his wisdom, allows remaining sin in our life. And the question is, is why? And, you know, one of the answers that he gives, he gives it in a, in a picture where, you know, he says, picture a mariner out on the sea. And, uh, you know, after a, a, a night of stormy waves, you know, he, he comes face to face with this fear that he might have lost his life, but then he's immediately brought into harbor. And he has a little bit of thankfulness for that. But now imagine that same mariner, he's out and lost at sea for months and months, and his situation becomes so desperate that he gives up all hope of salvation, and then he finally is brought into harbor. His thankfulness for his salvation in the second situation would be far greater than the first. And that's God's wisdom in his providence in our lives, that that the longer we're face to faith face with, with our own sin, we see that the... The faithfulness of christ we see the patience of him in our situation we see his wisdom in allowing these things to come upon us so that jesus christ might be more endeared to our soul
1: mm-hmm.
2: at the end of the day providence really is is to lead us to worship and it's it's really worship in saying i trust the hand that leads me mm-hmm. and sometimes we get the the opportunity to look back and say, I I understand why God led the way he did. I understand why he he did what he he brought such sorrow into our lives. But there are other times when we don't have those answers. Um, One of Elizabeth Elliot's books um, that I found so helpful was These Strange Ashes. And it's speaking of a time when she was involved in this translation work and spent years working on all of this, and all of a sudden it all burned up. And she's looking at it and saying, I, okay, God, I don't understand. And then later on people would talk to her and, and try to fill in the blanks, like, well, God did this because of this. And even with her husband's death, Jim Elliott, and said, well, Jim died in order for these people to be come to a saving knowledge of of of, of Jesus Christ. And she says, I can't say that. And then she went further and says, and I don't need to say that because I trust God mm-hmm. and I trust his purposes. And that's really when wisdom and providence come together where we can say, I can worship God and say, I serve a God who does all things well, maybe
1: especially when I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Josh, you mentioned uh, John Newton and one of uh, his disciples, William Cowper, Cooper, and uh, made this comment happy the man who sees a god employed in all the good and ill that it, that checkers and diversifies life mm-hmm. i mean and that's what you were saying russ as, as well um this isn't it's not a world left to chance and uh, you know when we begin to observe those things i mean we can observe it in creation these things aren't in, left up to chance we even see it in history you know particularly as we look at the redemptive history all the way through the old testament uh, leading up to the cross we mm-hmm. see it there um we observe those things i mean even great minds observe those things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Albert Einstein said, I at any rate am convinced that he is not playing dice.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. -hmm. Well, so we've been looking at God's wisdom applied to uh, creation and and providence. And we've already touched on this a little bit, but maybe we could expand it some more. Where do we see God's wisdom in redemption?
2: Phil kind of touched on it, but this whole idea of That plan of redemption, God not only spoke about in the Old Testament, he pictured it. He gave us um, Mm -hmm. physical, um, tangible ways to represent it so that we could understand it more fully. Um, The New Testament will say that it was in the fullness of time. Um, The idea, the sense is that at just the right time, at the perfect time. So he orchestrated the events of history so that... um, It would play out on the stage that he needed the redemption of Jesus Christ to play out on. And and so all of these details, all of these circumstances show God's wisdom um, of not only having it occur, but to have it occur at that time in that empire, in that world um, where all things were coming together, mm-hmm. Jewish, Roman, Greek, in the fullness
1: of time In the fullness forth of the sun, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I mean that 's wisdom, yeah, yeah, you know if you look at the book of Romans uh he of course he 's talking about salvation from from Romans chapter one, all the way through Romans, chapter eleven, and then he gets into kind of the practical daily living in chapter twelve and beyond, but paul after especially after chapters nine through ten and eleven. He, he's so um, struck by God's wisdom in election, by God's wisdom in evangelism, by God's dealing with Israel and the Gentiles that he can't contain himself. Right. And he says, oh, the depths of right. the riches and the w- wisdom and the knowledge of God. Um, how unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable are his ways, for who is known the mind of the Lord. That's how he ends. I mean, he, he's saying this is the capstone of all wisdom and all knowledge, namely God's plan in redeeming people through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons
3: we know that the gospel is true is that none of us would have dreamed this up. Yeah. No human mind would have imagined <clears throat> that salvation would be won mm-hmm. by God humbling himself and, and and coming among us in the flesh and going in what looked like weakness to a cross. Mm-hmm. That that would have looked, and indeed to the world, uh, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, as I mentioned earlier, uh, what looks to the world like complete Weakness and defeat is God's greatest victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this is not only the ultimate wisdom; it's the ultimate power and, and providence and love. Um, all of it, all of it, seen there in the unlikeliest place in 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 the cross of our Savior. Well, even the
2: incarnation, the, the fact that yep. the Holy Son of God took on flesh mm-hmm. and became sin for the, in in the place of His people, mm-hmm. the angels long to look into that, right?
0: Yeah, which yep. displays the wisdom of God. All right, well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Uh, if you have missed any of our past broadcasts, go to ReformationBoise.com. And you can also get information about our upcoming conference as well as register for free. That's coming November 9th through 10th. We'll see you next time.